Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. The Vikings, ah, uh, hell with it. Mark, you bring it in. I can't do it week after week, after week, after week, after week. Oh my goodness, the Vikings lost another, another close overtime game down to the nails or down to the knuckles, nail biting, uh, lost on the road to the Baltimore Ravens 34-31. And in their typical fashion this season, they uh, stole victory from the jaws of defeat or one and i still defeat from the jaws of victory yeah, they, they've done a little bit of both uh, they're good they're bad they're good they're bad and then they lose that's basically how the season is gone so so, so what do they need you for well, you, you can just write that format put a template up there and then just fill in the names and numbers at at the end of the thing and just you know put it in and throw it in it's the same goddamn script and it's the same goddamn result yeah, the, uh, the NFL has had 41 games uh, won by teams that have trailed in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Vikings are uh, one and three in that category. Uh, NFL has had uh, 30 games decided by in the last minute of regulation or overtime. The uh, Vikings are two and four in those games, and they've had 36 games with three points or fewer. And the Vikings are one and three in those games. So the Vikings have been there. They are the poster children for this crazy season, I mean, even crazier than normal season. Uh, and typically they're on the, on the losing end of it, but you know, it's been entertaining, but it's been almost like predictable because like when they settled for that field goal at the end of the first half and then left time for Baltimore to score, I was like here, you know, me and probably everyone else was like, this is, this is what we've seen and this is what's going to happen. And it did happen again entertaining what if you're a cardiac doctor because you got more patients coming your way on monday morning what uh you know it was entertaining i i'd rather have that than blowouts i mean it'd be nice if vikings have a blowout once in a while but uh not be on the wrong end of one so yeah it's it's entertaining you're keeping the game you're watching it to the end i can't argue with that um and the fact is they're three and five and they're still not out of it so you're saying there's a chance mark well, yeah, they're, I mean, they're, uh, Atlanta is the seventh seed in the uh, in the NFC. For for the people who haven't moved on to the draft and they're doing their draft mock drafts, I mean, uh, you know, they're they're a game behind Atlanta in the, for the seventh spot. Now, granted, you know, it's getting frustrated, and, and they only they don't. I kind of said this might be the last one loss win that they have in them before you see them get blown out and it starts to crumble and everything. So I think that they need, you know, it's not a must win, but uh, a, a win is. Uh, <laughs> pretty essential right now because you know if you think that that we're tired of watching it can you imagine being uh eric kendricks and and uh, anthony Bar anthony Barr makes the splash play that people have been begging for for seven years <laughs> since his rookie season and it gets you know pissed away so to me it's you know we're frustrated by it but the, the team has got to be you know that defense played like 89 snaps and uh, i i thought had two great takeaways that the, that the offense totally wasted uh so it's it, they're, they're getting more tired of it than we are that guy in the other frame here in the beautifully attuned room who's trying to put uh, some lipstick on this pig uh is mark craig uh, star tribune writer star tribune.com nfl insider hall of fame voter you know him there he is but uh you know at some point i mean good teams win these games great teams win them all the time not so good teams don't. I mean, the Vikings, I think, are proving that they're not good enough to win games down the stretch and win 
close fought games where it come down to one possession. It's happened, you know, I think five times this year and, or maybe four times that, you know, they shouldn't have beat. They, they only lost to the Browns by a touchdown, but the Browns outplayed them. Um, you know, I, I keep looking at the schedule ahead and I, I think, you know, they got no chance, you know, stick a fork in them. But each week they show up and play tough against the, the, the Cowboys and the and the Ravens, which are the tough part of the schedule. So I, I, I fully expect them, if they haven't, you know, just thrown up their arms and started shining up their golf clubs, that they should play well again next week against the Chargers. But you're right, they have to win a game. But my question, I guess, for you is, We've been told how talented they are. We know how talented they are. There's some great players on that offense. There's some uh, great players on the defense. There's some younger players that showed up well. But do we have to look at coaching here, Mark, that can't get them over the hump at the end of the game? Do we have to look at uh, uh, offensive coordinator? Do we have to look at the head coach? Are these things that uh, um, are these the reasons why they're losing these close games week after week after week? Well, I don't think, yeah, it's something, obviously it's something you got to look at going, you know, I don't know that there's nothing right now that's going to be better than, than what they have. You're not going to get rid of Zimmer and have Andre Patterson. Um, but I'm just, you know, to me, um, you know, the way that that defense played, um, you know, Daniil Hunter was out. Patrick Peters is out. You know, uh, Pierce is out. Um, they ended up Harrison Smith COVID out. Uh, so they get a they get a great interception by the rookie Bynum making his first NFL start. Kenny Willickus, I thought, came out of nowhere. I mean, that guy was he was a motor. They, they talked about a high motor. They generated a pass rush without Daniel Hunter, which I thought was you know pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, playing playing this guy, uh, what they did against Lamar Jackson when they're, when they're up fourteen to three or when it's still you know early third quarter is. Um, Terrible as a passer early, which he's, you know, I think it's not a great passer, but he, when he gets in a rhythm, uh, he can become, can hurt you that way. Um, he was, you know, he looked, he looked human as a runner. Uh, but the problem is, I mean, if, if I'm John Harbaugh and I got fourth and two at my own 11 yard line, I just go for it because this guy is unstoppable. Uh, and the time they did stop him, you know, the phantom horse collar tackle where, it's not a horse, not even close to being a horse collar tackle. So I see, you know, we saw a little bit of this last night in, in the Steelers game, that the officiating's taking too much of a, of a presence in these games, and it just gets worse each week. And I think they're making calls just uh, – it should be, you know, blatant, visual, where they – don't no guessing. No, they saw that – yeah, they saw uh, Lamar Jackson going back. They, you know, they, assume, they assumed, obviously, horse collar. They threw the flag. they got to stop doing that because that's a great stop on the first drive on the road against the Ravens, against an MVP player who you can't stop in that situation generally. They do it. They get a turnover. Another, you know, Barr recovers the fumble. Wonham is the one that pulled him down. Instead of getting the ball there, and they, they go down, you know, they, they get the penalty, they, they go down, and Baltimore takes a 3 nothing lead. So these are, you know, huge things that happen in games that, you know, yeah, yeah, coaching plays a role. But that's not coaching. That's that was a great defensive play, and there was a lot of pressure by guys that uh, came out of nowhere and made some performances that are being pretty well coached. Kenny Willickis being pretty well coached. Bynum, uh, you know, did pretty well for his first start. So you know, there's a lot. There's so much that goes into this. But yeah, coaching will have to be evaluated at the end of the year. And if it's not good enough, and if they can't win these games, then yeah, there will there will be a change made. I think. Um, 
yeah, I guess I want to touch a little bit on that later. But right now, I, I mean, you brought up the horse 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 collar tackle. Well, clearly, the rest don't know the difference between a horse collar tackle and a horse bleep call. That was a terrible call. And why are not the rules set up, the replay rule, where you have irrefutable evidence that that was the wrong call, that they can say, come down from New York and say, listen, you guys missed it. He grabbed the eight. He didn't grab the nameplate. It's not a, you know play on you know i mean that, that at, at some point I, I at some point you have to start making giving the ability to replay officials to make those overrulings i mean they should be watching every play they should be getting this and if they're huddling up anyway to discuss it on the field those guys should be dialing it up and say oh hell they made the wrong call you know call the ball well, but yeah but they thought that they thought the pass interference one would be you know or black and white oh this is a great great decision well, that became a disaster. I mean, it it, yeah. it got to the point where they were changing everything, and then they weren't changing anything. And then, uh, you know, that that experiment after the you know, the Saints uh, got screwed uh, by that pass, blatant Pat's interference call. It wasn't called. Then they they spent a year doing that. They thought it was going to be you know cut and dried. You know, this will solve everything. Well, that just didn't work. And that, and you know, I don't know what the what the downfall on a, on say reviewing horse collar is because it's pretty blatant. But say you don't have the right angle. You know, say they spend five minutes or whatever it is, three minutes, like looking at different angles of, you know, did he pull it? Did he not pull it? And there's some gray area. Then all of a sudden, you know, as well, they shouldn't have reviewed it. Um, I would like to see just the officials. I think sometimes the officials are, are so aware or, or of someone looking over their shoulder that, especially on all, I mean, almost every touchdown anymore seems like it's it's within a fraction of a, uh, you know, of them just crossing the line. We got to sit there and review it. I think it's, you know, it's officials like maybe letting the play out or whatever. Cause like a lot in real time, even sitting far away, maybe you're like, you just have a sense that, oh, he was down or he wasn't down. They review it and it's kind of what people thought it was. Um, maybe just get back to where the officials can make a decision. And, and but I, uh, I agree with that. But, you know, and, and certainly you were right about the uh, uh, pass interference, but that doesn't mean there are other calls that happen on the field that that are plainly blown and can be overruled by replay. And that's what I'm advocating here. I mean, you're, they're talking about robo umps in baseball. Why don't you just get so many damn cameras on the field and every angle so that you can in in real time somehow overrule blatantly missed calls? I mean, well, you go, go. I want to talk about this later, but go to the game last night. That 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 taunting call oh. on the guy from yeah. Chicago. What the heck? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it. They. I don't want the refs as big a part of the game that they seem to be taking this season. You know, I, I thought the the emphasis from the NFL this year was that they were going to uh, go with the refs call on the field more so, and you know, you know, maybe el- eliminate, you know, mitigate what you're talking about the over the shoulder. Uh, feeling that they have, but I don't think it's helped anything in any way. They're they're well, making more calls, and they're making they're still making wrong calls that affect the game materially. It's uh, I, I think something should be changed at the, least tweaked. The taunt the taunting call uh, against the Bears linebacker. I mean that can't be reviewed. I mean that was that was based on I know, on the officials the officials yeah. decision on the field. The, the official makes that decision, in, in, which. You know, I have a hard time with this taunt because it's a point of emphasis. You know, no taunting. So he stares at the sideline. He made, the guy made a great play at a, at a great moment in the game. I have a hard time with a league that will say that's a penalty, but then twelve guys can go in the end zone and play duck duck goose and or duck duck gray duck for you guys there in you Minnesota. Go. That a boy. You know, you know that 
we'll, we'll do something stupid like that is okay. And then, you know, a great play at a great moment and emotional. And, you know, if he had walked over, he, he just momentarily stared you know, over at the sideline. Come on. You got to let him play like that. I mean, it's, it's just getting so confined and with the officials are becoming such a big part of the game and it's getting bigger every, every week. And it's just, I think it's strangling. It's, you know, it's, it's still a great game. It's still great finishes, but it's just strangling the league. I think. Well, you make a great point. If, if you bring up the eternal, uh, uh, conundrum of our time, greater a duck or gu- you know, duck or goose. Uh, if they can't figure that out, they can't figure anything out. You you make a great point. I'll let it go. Well, it's goose in Ohio, so I, I'm going with goose. Something else in Ohio, I'll tell you that much. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's let's take a breath here. See, this is this looks like water, but it's vodka. Okay, I'm just letting oh. you know. That'll increase the ratings. <laughs> Uh, 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 gray goose or gray duck vodka, actually. No, just kidding. Chad, come on, come on, Chad. Give me a bump here. Um, the Vikings, uh, let's talk about what went right. The Vikings had four touchdowns in the game. That was pretty exciting. It was fun to see. And they were, they were, uh, a, a great variety. You got the bomb to JJ, a blown call or blown coverage at the line. The, 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 the cornerback or who's ever covered him and turned his head and talked to the sideline. All of a sudden JJ blows by him. Uh, what did you think of that play? Well, they threw the ball downfield, something the fans have been calling for for months. Yeah, after um, it was twelve straight third down conversions against the Cowboys that they that they did not convert, and uh, you know part of the fun of that night was charting just where the ball was landing and how far past the line of scrimmage it was going, how far behind the sticks it was going. It was on those tw- uh, nine throws that Kirk got off on those third downs, two point yards, you know, pa- past the line of scrimmage. Uh, 6.2 yards behind the sticks. So first third down, he throws it 34 yards past the sticks to a, you know, to a wide open Jefferson. And to hear Kirk tell it afterwards, the only way he's ever going to do stuff like that is whenever there's a guy turning to the sideline or, you know, when they blow the coverage, Uh, Kirk's got way too good an arm to, have to wait for the defense to blow coverage so before he can put it in somewhere for a guy to, like, like a talented guy like Justin Jefferson to catch the ball down so, the field. Is that on Kirk? I mean, he's not pulling the trigger sooner or, or because he's got the talent, he's got the know-how. If, if he's sitting back there waiting and letting the, the rush get at him, isn't, isn't that on him or is that on the play? Well, that's, that's pretty much how he described it after the game was, say, yeah. hey, you know, after that play, they 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 you know they they backed up, and it's, he said it's really hard to you know to target a receiver down the field when you got that situation. Now, part of it could be covering for some play calls, sure, but part of it is I think you know Kirk not taking the shots, and uh, these weren't deep balls. But after they get Bynum's interception, they, you know, the kid gets up, runs it down to the 16-yard line. First of all, the first play is is Dalvin up the middle whenever they're expecting a run. You know, Kirk obviously does not have the power to check out of stuff like that because there's time, especially like in overtime where he needs to check out of this, that first run and, and it's just not going to work. It's not, the numbers aren't there. And so there was uh, on second down, he, he got rushed. Uh, yeah. Udo got blown up and uh, knocked ham over. And there was a, a guy in Kirk's face. So in the second down throw again, uh, Kirk, he has no sidestep like a, you know, I don't want to compare him to Brady or anyone, but, you know, pocket passers have to have that sidestep. He doesn't ha- seem to have that. So he throws it. It's high to, to uh, Thielen. The third down play, 
it's le- there's less pressure, but there's Jefferson on the other side, and he kind of throws it, one hops it. It's like you got to put the ball on these guys. Joe Burrow, two weeks earlier, you know, threw for 416 yards, and, and uh, Jamar Chase, who's good but not better, than, not any better than Justin Jefferson, it's 200 yards because they're pushing it. They're, you know, they're being aggressive, and uh, there's there's a lack of aggression uh, with Kirk, and I and um, and I feel there's a lack of an ability of of him being able to like switch out of some of these run plays, and you know, at some point they got to do it. I think that that I wrote about it on Sunday that that's that's their ticket. You know, this is why they brought the guy in. If the ship's going down. It's time to ride that 150 or 60 million dollars that they've given this guy to, you know, to get out of this, to, 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 you know, put yourself in a position to win and then step on people's throat. What they did after that interception settled for that field goal was the, what we've seen all year. And it, that needs to stop or they're just going to keep losing games like this. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to tee you up with that one a little bit later, but because I know you wrote about it and it's, it was, you know, the, Turnovers and nothing after the turnovers. It was terrible. Was second touchdown was Kirk Cousins sneak. And I wrote at the time, okay, Kirk Cousins scores on a quarterback sneak over the top, reaching the ball into the defense and into the end zone. It was good. Let's not make a habit of that play call, okay, Clint? That just not, not, you know, having Kirk Cousins doing the sneak over the top, it's like, okay, that's going to work once in a millennium. And there it was. So don't call that again. He did get some, he did hop pretty good and got into the end zone, but. That's not the play call I wanted to see there. Well, let's see. When they played the Cardinals, he had a long he had a longer run than Kyler Murray. At that point, he had a rushing touchdown and a uh, a passing touchdown while you know, at Lamar Jackson's place. So you know, I think he should just be become a running quarterback. There you go. That's it. That's it exactly. Uh, the the next touchdown was was a, a thing of beauty for for us. Us who, Vikings fans who are seeing Cordell Patterson score with impunity each week, on, and he's no longer on this team. They haven't had a kickoff return since Patterson left. And Kane Nuangu had a 102-yard, I believe it was a 102-yard kickoff return, and it was it was so fun to watch because it was over, but it was over in about two seconds. The man can fly. So uh, my question eight uh, past that is. Do we got to start getting this guy into the offense in some way or some form or fashion? <laughs> I know everybody's asking. Don't laugh uh, at me. I got to ask. Know, they, yeah, they, they have a guy named uh, 33. I'm not sure what his name is. Uh, Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. Not to replay but, Cook, but you can give Cook a rest every once in a while. And this is a changeup of back throwing this guy in here and, and just, just making the defense think about him. I mean, no offense to Mackenzie Alec- Alexander. It, uh, is that his name? Yes, uh, he just doesn't. Uh, Alexander Madison. That's too the close. Guy. That's the guy. Uh, Maybe that is Gray Duck in there, uh, Gray Goose or whatever. It's, uh. <laughs> anyway, I, I would just love to see him throw him in there every once in a while because you know if and show him what he's got and put put uh, Madison on notice because uh, you know um, they're they're not going to keep all three of them next year, I wouldn't think, or as as contracts go. You know, I mean, those are three three decent backs and at some point that becomes too heavy on that rot you know for a roster spot but anyway i, I would love to see him just give him a couple well, of I, offense. after that after you know considering his second basically his second touch in, in, in the nfl was a 98 yard touchdown i would imagine they're thinking probably along those lines of you know 
why not try to add him to the mix? Sure. Yeah. At least maybe return punts, but I don't know if he's, he's got those skills or not. And then we had the Cousins of Thielen, Thielen touchdowns, which was a great drive um, that got him to overtime. And uh, it's nice to see Adam Thielen has been kind of uh, absent these days. And, um, you know, when they can put a drive like that together and go down the field, which uh, Kirk Cousins has done in crunch time several times this year. Yeah. Uh, how do you go from there to that freaking – Excuse me, that 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 just oh that three and out for a total of one yard in overtime. Oh my god, after the Byron interception. It just it it it's so dispiriting. It's so it's deflating. It's like you knew right then and there they're done. Well, yeah, because I mean that defense was on the I mean, it's a 70 minute game. The defense was on the field for forty over forty six minutes. Um now granted, the defense could have done a better job. You know, there's always this either or, but good example is they had a Baltimore had a 10 minute drive that was 18 plays. And, you know, never mind the, the three and outs after Bynum's interception and after Barr's interception. Uh, there was another point in the game where they, I believe either tied the game or they came within a touchdown by going 10 minutes, 18 plays Vikings get the ball back. And it's a three and out, or, or maybe that was when the uh, uh, they also had the, the you know they they did a lot of a lot of gambling. I mean, they had the fake punt, uh, that they, but then they have two penalties right after the fake punt. So basically, you know, ten a ten minute drive, and then they're then they're like the offense is off the field, the defense is back on. So yeah, after Barr's interception, the defense was just like I, they were completely spent. I mean, they they weren't going to stop them at that point, and right. frankly. They played hard enough to win that game, and don't I would not pin this this loss on them at all. Well, what no? What what about the offense there? You know, after Barr makes that incredibly individual effort where he tips the ball, blocks the pass, tips it to himself, and makes the makes the interception. Uh, incredible play. Um, don't you know? Everybody's saying they should have done what they didn't do: go deep and and put the boot on the throat and try to do something there. But what they had was a one yard, negative yards, you know, a total of one yard gained in those three. Is that bad play calling? Is that, I mean, the, the, you know, the defense by the uh, the Ravens really shut down the running game. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Cook had, he had a hundred and some yards, but uh, uh, 66 of it was on, on a one run and, and all but 19 of it were on two runs, you know, so uh, they really shut him down. So you got to understand that. So w- wouldn't you then, you know, maybe bring uh, not a, I don't know what you do. I, I, I have a trouble criticizing play con because I don't know what to do. I just can look at what they did and it didn't work. So I guess I'm like every other rube out here, but what do you do differently there? I mean, that, that, that after that, when, when you need 25 yards, for a legitimate field goal uh, from a kicker who's done pretty well, and and you get to continue your season uh, at five hundred, it just it it just seemed bad. Well, yeah, it's a combination of play calling. It's also a combination of not giving Kirk, I think, the freedom to uh, apparently the freedom to check out of out of a run or or like there there's times where you just know that there's not enough room and they're not going to you know they're not going to bulldoze an, uh, an avenue for Cook to do what they. Th- they're hoping he'll do, you know, change it up or have Kirk be able to change it up. I know they they make reads at the line of scrimmage and stuff, but 
man, they're, you know, they need to go to that more. And, and frankly, yeah, all of us that don't, that don't have one of those 32 coordinator jobs. Yeah. We, we don't know what to do or we, we have an idea. Yeah. But we also don't spend, you know, 300 hours a week doing this. And also I think that there is, you know, and, and part of it's natural because Clint Kubiak is only in his seventh or eighth game of doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's obviously not seeing things the way that, uh, you know, a, an experienced guy, a North Turner would see, or, or Gary Kubiak would see it. That's, you know, that's not any uh, news shattering uh, news there, but you know, he's not, he's not seeing, he's not catching something. It's, um, I don't, they just don't have the time for him to learn much more on, on the fly because they've yeah, got to find out. a, they, they got to find a way to, to play either like they do on the first drive or when it's desperation time. That's why I, when I was writing about on Sunday, it was like, you just need to have Kirk and, and convince Kirk that he can have the freedom to play a little more aggressively. And if there's an interception, you know, the head coach doesn't punch him in the face. The fans don't run him out of town. You, you know, two interceptions at this point in the season can be good if your record's good. But if you're you're getting lapped by the Packers and you're uh, you're under 500 and you keep losing this way, then something's got to change. Is that, is that, uh, I mean, you, you can, you said, you know, giving Kirk the confidence that he can do that. Well, there's also giving him the okay to do it. And it sounds like some of that comes from the head coach where he's, he is not going to let him overrule. I, I wouldn't think it's uh, uh, Kubiak overruling Kirk and not allowing him to change it up. No. I got to believe it's Zimmer that's doing that. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this because you were you were in the press box and you weren't watching it on TV like I was, but the uh, Kubiak had told the announcers of the game earlier in the week that he was starting to finally see past the next play. You know, usually it was okay. The play happens, I call this play. Oh, the play happens, I call that play. But now he's starting to see maybe a play ahead, and I just want to go. Oh my God, we are in trouble. <laughs> You know, I mean, I think you have to see that uh, the game more globally and really have a good idea of what you're going to, you know, map it out. I mean, they do well with the scripted plays, but it sounds like I, I wish he hadn't. I wish he hadn't admitted that. You know, that was. Uh, that's well, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's like the old Paul. I mean, the old Paul Brown story where they they the bus driver gets some loss and the bus driver apologizes to Paul and Paul goes, "I don't blame you. I blame who hired you." I mean. This is Clint, Clint's new. Clint's never done this before. Um, you know, this, if he's doing this and, and, and there, it's a first year coaching staff and you're building towards something or you're, you know, it's acceptable. Uh, now it's like they were kind of hoping of this, this, uh, this continuity of everything kind of staying the same. Well, it can't. I mean, Gary Kubiak coached for a million years and won a Super Bowl. You know, um, it just might have been the wrong time to to go with that route um, with a defensive coach who calls his defense, and then I think that maybe Zimmer's doing too much. It's too, it's too too big a job to to maybe you know be the the veto power on offense and form the uh, shape the entire way you want to play and still call defense and um, that's a lot to ask and it's a lot also a lot to ask Clint to to be Gary, you know, and with no pre, you know, preseasons, I mean, those play calling in the preseason, nobody does anything. Nobody shows anything. Defenses don't show anything. It's just a waste of time, except for looking at the physical traits of a, of a guy you may need in, 
week six whenever your entire roster is injured. Okay, Mark. Mark is clearly not calling for any heads. So, any of you folks listening that that uh, want everybody fired from the head from the GM on down, uh, you know, sorry, not going to get it today. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll put a pin in it for right now, right there, and we'll go to our sponsors, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a few more things. Talk what didn't go right, and and uh, um, let's see if we need to uh, fire me. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, we are. Uh, we'll be right back with Vikings territory breakdown. All right, we're back. We're back talking about that great loss by. The, I mean, that loss by the Vikings to the to the 49ers. And a couple of things I wanted to touch on. 49ers. Before. 49ers. What you is there? Is there something in there? I gotta have more. Brought to you by Grey Goose. Oh, now you're killing me. There goes one of our. You look like. You kind of look like Foster Brooks. There's a name from the past, right? <laughs> Very good. Uh, that that fake punt delighted me. As they were lining up for it, the the the, uh, the Ravens had just previously at, at once, maybe twice, had already gone for it on fourth down. And I'm sitting there saying to the TV, "How come we can't go for it on fourth down?" And then out of the blue, you don't have Lamar Jackson. That's why. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good point. But what a great call! It kept that uh, kept Lamar Jackson off the field, it, and uh, um, you know it was it was a, a, a really decently designed play that that uh, got the first down and used uh, Kane Nwango. Do you think we should get him in on the offense more? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know if you have any further thing to say about that, but I thought it was great to see. I thought it was a little off off script for for this for this offense and. Uh, or this special teams for this regime, I thought it was great. Do more of that stuff, you know, because I remember when Adam Thielen scored on a fake punt against the Packers, or 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 not didn't he scored on a block punt, but he he ran a fake punt against the Packers and, and kept that going in a game they won when he was back when he was still on special teams. So I love seeing that kind of stuff. Another point. Yeah, I I, to, go ahead. I, I, go ahead. I thought you know I, I agree. It's, uh, they have to be not not only is they, they have to be more aggressive. Uh, down the field on offense and let the offense, the offense should be, should be carrying this team. Uh, they're talented enough. The offensive line uh, didn't play great Sunday, but uh, the offensive line is good enough to give Kirk the opportunity to, to be more aggressive. I like the fact that they went for fourth and two, fourth and goal at the two, you know, they got a penalty, you know, you got to factor in penalties now, like on the bonus part of like going for things because the officials are there. And if, if there's any kind of jostling around, typically the defense is going to get screwed. So, Go for it, you know. They go for the fourth and two at the goal line. They get the penalty. They score. Uh, then, then you know the, the, the fake punt. I I can't remember. Maybe someone's looked it up, but I don't remember the last time they tried one. Um, you know, it's yeah. They, they have to be aggressive. They can't. This is, you know, this is not just a well. We'll muddle along and maybe get, you know, right. seven and ten and and work it out. You know, they don't have that. I feel they don't have that option. It's like. So yeah, you're seeing be a little more aggressive. Uh, so I yeah, hope it continues. That's why I wanted to see them go for two at the end at when they when they tied it up on the Thielen touchdown. I wanted to you know that that came into my mind. I you know I I, did, I wasn't so convicted about it that I said hey they got to go, but I said God go for two here. You know you're on the road. You're 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 three and three and four. You know what have you got to lose? You're on the road. Yeah. Um, I that Zimmer Zimmer calling you or the Great no, Goose people? No, 
That's my neighbor. I'm gonna have but to my, my question, my question of that is okay, and I, I I sort of agree with you. But and Zimmer said he thought about it. Okay, we say that now, but how many fans had had they gone for it and done something crazy like, you know, uh, cook up the middle and he fumbles, or it's not the play call that you liked, or whatever? How many people that now wanted him to go for it would be saying, "Well, my gosh, if we could have just taken it and over, we would have had a chance to win." You know what I mean? It's like it's it always seems to be, you know, they should have done whatever like opposite of what didn't work or whatever. That's just I have a hard time with that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if I'm Baltimore in that situation with Lamar Jackson, I go for it. I may not even kick field, field extra points, uh, although they got the, the greatest kicker, probably one of the two greatest kickers in history kicking for them. Uh, so yeah, between their kicker and that, and what Lamar Jackson can do in short yardage, wow! You talk about a team that has options when they you get near midfield in a close game. It's phenomenal, right? That's that's why I just I just want to didn't even want this. You know, don't even give him a chance to to uh, let Lamar beat you because it, you know, and maybe they they approach it different if they're down by one point, you know, and then they're going back up the field, but. Uh, the Ravens seemed kind of impotent after the Vikings tied it, and they were just saying, okay, well, if we don't get it, we'll go to overtime, and we'll probably get them there. I'm sure that's the mentality they have. They know if we take this team to overtime, they'll win. So, um, The defensive line looked, I thought, pretty good. You touched on this earlier, but I want to mention it again. The defense in general was really shorthanded. You know, there were – I mean, if you count Patrick Peterson and uh, uh, and then uh, Breland going out, that's six starters that are gone from that, you know uh, – from that uh, defense, and hey, you know they kept uh, what's his name Lamar in, in tow. It seemed like, even though he got 120 yards rushing, and they gave up 500 yards in total offense, 225. But uh, uh, you know, I, I thought they played well, and there were some bright spots there. The defensive line, I thought Cam Bynum looked good, not just because of the interception. And so, I, I, you know, maybe there's there's some depth there, and that's good to see. And maybe you know. Hopefully going forward, we'll see some more of these guys in there into the rotation, you know, uh, because uh, what do you got to lose at this point? I, I liked Willikus. I, I like Willikus. He he caught my eye more in one game than than Wonham's done in however many games he's played. I, I liked how active he was. I liked the fact that, I mean, he didn't stop. I mean, there, there were times where, you know, he, he had a good rush with the – He's chasing Jackson all over the place, and you know, he, I think he got a uh, tackle for a loss, got a sack, or maybe one and a half sacks. I don't know what it was, but you know, he was very, very active, and that's a. I mean, it's a good thing to me that to to generate that the pass rush that they did after uh, after Daniel goes out is was impressive to watch, and I didn't think they would be capable of doing that. Um, now. It's still better when Daniel's in there, uh, but you know, I saw some good things with that defensive line. That you know, uh, it, it it still tells you that they can win, that they have the ability to win. They're not like this greatly, you know, massively talented team that some people say, "Oh, they're you know, they're blowing their talent." No, I think they're they're showing a little bit of depth. They got some talent. They can win. Uh, they just got to be able to finish these games. Um, I. I- Talking about the uh, 
things that went, went, went wrong here. We're now entering into the cranky part of the show. I just want to read this out. First downs, Baltimore at 36 to the Vikings 13. Uh, the time of possession, 46 to 23 for Baltimore. And there's some discrepancy in this, but I, I read where they had 89 plays to the 56 for the Vikings. The Vikings are supposed to have a ball control offense. Good God, that's not <laughs> even close. Now, you're granted you're playing the Baltimore Ravens, but what can you say about that? Well, I mean, the, the Baltimore, if the Vikings are a ball control offense, the Ravens are like, uh, uh, they're the varsity and the Vikings are the JV when it comes to that because this team has the ability to, I mean, I it is so, it's got to be so deflating to stop a team on third down only to have them just line up like without a care in the world and go for it on fourth down at their own 25 or, you know, in situate on the, in their side of the field and get it. And it's just like, yeah, oh, I got to start all over again. Uh, and that quarterback, that's what he gives them. It just gives them, you know, as long as he's able to, to stay healthy and do that, I, I just, I kind of wonder how long many years he can do that. Um, but he, he gets up, he pops right back up and, and uh, he's, he's a, He's a great, great running back who's a good quarterback, and uh, what a weapon to have that can be that can, can extend drives, extend plays. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm acting like it's the first time I've ever seen him, but you, I think yeah. you know there's a reason that the NFC is like 0 and 12 against him now because you know you you see it on TV, and I think whenever you get on the field with it, it's a different animal. And the Vikings, you know, they, the Vikings gave gave him their best shot, and when you talk about stats, he ran for 120, or whatever. It's sort of like when I look back at the Kyler Murray game. I mean, in hindsight, if you just looked at cold, raw numbers, Kyler Murray had this phenomenal 400 yards passing or whatever it was. But I had the same feeling. They played well enough to beat Kyler Murray. And they didn't. They played well enough to beat defensively. They played well enough defensively to beat Lamar Jackson, and they didn't do it. So, you know, that's uh, two things where you look back and it's like, you know, they had the ability to stand there with these two guys and just couldn't get it done. I don't know that I, I don't know if you can say this week that they played not to lose as much as they might have seen no. to in the past weeks, but I will say that uh, they, they don't know how to finish. Um, you know, and maybe you know when when the when the Ravens can score twenty one unanswered points. You know, that's both on the offense and the defense. Maybe that's when you do take that risk and go for two and try to. Try to finish him off if you can, but uh, there's you know. there's maybe there's maybe one time where I thought they played not you know to lose was Kirk's third third down pass when they got the ball at the 16 yard line. That series of plays between Run and Dalvin on the first 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 down, uh, the pass to Steele on second down, which there was pressure, but the third down pass to Jefferson I thought was a let's just get make sure I don't blow the field goal. We go up, you know, seventeen to three. Meanwhile, a lot of us are going, "Uh oh, that was the moment to step on the throat." And that's the only time. But the rest of the game, you know, from play calling and different things, uh, I thought that they did play to, you know, they played harder to win and not just like, you know, try not to lose. What did you think of the offensive line? Uh, once again, Darisaw puts in a nice, nice game, and I think uh, O'Neill did as well. He he made a couple nice blocks on Cook's run that that he took out two guys on one yeah. on Cook's run right, which is really fun to see. And uh, um, well, 
and you have Mason Cole as the center. Do you do you see that uh, him becoming the center for going forward, or or what are your thoughts there? I think there's a reason they ruled uh, Garrett Bradbury out pretty quick on that on the COVID because I think they want to see this. They wanted to see this guy, and you know, I think he's uh, Wyatt Davis. Obviously, would be a, a the bigger body, uh, but. You know, I think that Mason Cole played every bit as well, if not better, than, than Bradbury. I wonder where they go in the future at center. I'd be interesting to see uh, that. Uh, so the, line, saying- the, line was, the line wasn't great, but Baltimore puts a lot of pre- Baltimore puts a lot of pressure on an offensive line. And um, like the, the perfect example is that second down pass in the red zone to Thielen, where Udo gets blown back and knocks over the fullback who falls down, who then there's an open lane for a guy to, to right in the face of Kirk. Um, you know, I, I, we've certainly seen worse, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a stellar performance, but I think, you know, again, they the offensive line played well enough for them to piece together a win. So, so what you're saying is, uh, 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 Garrett Bradbury got done lifting weights in, in the weight room and got up, spoke up from the bench and sneezed and they said, Oh, he's got COVID. And then he was gone. I think that's what happened. No. <laughs> that's right. Well, they, they they said that he wouldn't be able to make the the, the, the flight on Saturday. You know, it's um, it's Brett Favre or whatever, <laughs> or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, uh, and you had a chance you would fly him out that morning. But I think they were like, ah, hey, you know, just sit this one out. We're going to take a look at this other guy. Uh, Udo got hurt, and Brandel came in. Why doesn't uh, Wyatt Davis get a shot there? And when will we ever see that guy? I saw Wyatt warming up as if he was uh, thought he was coming in. Um, probably just a rookie, you know, not ready. Uh, you know, uh, Darisaw is a different animal. A tackle in the first round should be on the field right away. Uh, center guard in the third round probably maybe takes a year. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a bigger body that uh, would like to see him. You know, at center, um, I think going forward in. But it probably won't happen until next year. Um, but yeah, he's he's a guy that uh, looks like he certainly could uh, could help him with those uh, bigger bigger players inside. And also, uh, like when they went out, I noticed this when they went out for the, the coin toss. Uh, Calais Campbell makes made, made Brian O'Neill look like a seventh grader. I mean, Brian O'Neill is a big man, and this Campbell, I mean. I remember when they when Jacksonville was in town and Campbell was with the Jaguars and they were going against each other. Uh, people have talked about this that uh, one reason maybe Brian didn't start right away is because he looked at how he he wasn't able to handle this gigantic defensive end in, in those practices. But um, so Baltimore puts a lot of pressure on the offensive line, both with, with just who they are up front and then just how much pressure they they bring. What did you think of the fake spiking of the ball uh, by Kirk Cousins? In my in my mind, he's just not a thespian. I'm sorry, I don't care what he's doing back there to throw people off. It ain't happening. Yeah, we're, we're getting entertained at the end of. I was at the end of the first half, right? Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't know. It's to me, it didn't didn't wasn't too convincing. I don't believe. Um, you know. Once again, there's it's feverish out there for for heads to fly and uh, Zimmer's to be gone now. And you and I have both talked about in the past where we don't a I'm not calling for anybody, but b we don't think in season would be a good idea or or it will even happen. But let me ask you this way: 
what do you think Zimmer's deficiencies are as a head coach? Do you think in game that he he really does struggle with with you know time management, some in game decisions and and what have you? What are your thoughts there? Well, I think he's doing too much. I think he's trying to do too much. I think he needs. There's a reason he said Gary Kubiak was the best thing that's happened to him since he's been in Minnesota because I think it gave him a little bit of relief. Uh, I think I think Stefanski. Uh, towed the line and, and knew what he wanted and also had the uh, – you know, Spansky had been around a long time, uh, had the ability to do that. Uh, Filippo was a nightmare. You know, Zimmer was <laughs> is back and forth with him the entire entire season until, or until he fired him after 13 games. He and Norv hit a point where, you know, Norv didn't like the criticism or like, hey, you know, change this, change that. You know, I'm not saying to tell you what exactly to do, but you got to fix it. Uh, but that was that year when the offensive line was in shambles. Um, but not, you know, I, I think clock management is a problem. Whenever you, whenever you call two timeouts at the end of a game and forget that you had called a timeout, um, tells me that your mind is going 100 miles an hour in different places. Um, so maybe, yeah, I, I think that he he needed uh, an offensive coordinator that was more experienced, and I, and I think that that's. Having to maybe oversee the offense and and maybe, I, I again I don't know how much in between plays he's doing, but uh, clearly he's he's distracted from with calling the defense and then kind of like he's got a new new offensive coordinator, got a new new special teams coordinator, guys who have never done it before. So there's a lot a lot of irons in the fire. Um, you know, people have said that they that the team quit on him. I, I, I don't think that's any way, shape, or form, the case because if they quit on him, you wouldn't see how hard they're. I mean, they're they're playing their asses off, and uh, they're not. It's what they're doing isn't working, but they're going. They are playing as hard as they can. Now, how long can you keep doing that? And do we see like uh, if they have another? Say they lose another one. They lose the same way against the Chargers, and they come back, and the Packers absolutely destroy them like like when shoulders got fired i forget what the score of that was 34 to 3 or whatever that was a breaking point moment just like uh if that were to play out where okay say they say it's obvious the team quit then you start thinking well maybe he doesn't make it to the end of the season but i don't think we're at the point right where i don't think it would it, there's no benefit to it mm-hmm. if uh, unless unless you know the benefit is to the the draft nicks and the people that are more excited about football in April than they are in the fall. You know, the people that are like, well, if we're not, you know, uh, they've already written off that if you, if you're the seventh seed, you can't win the Super Bowl, you can't advance, you can't have any kind of entertaining games once you get to the playoffs. Uh, then yeah, yeah. Just blow it up and just keep drafting people like, like Cleveland did for two decades. Um, but you know, if, if you're still thinking like, Hey, they're playing hard. If they win some games, it, you, know, you sneak in like New England right now is in the seventh seed. I mean, they're and they're getting better each week. So um, I just think you gotta. I've seen too many. We've seen too many examples in, in, in Super Bowl where a team sneaks in. I'm not saying this team will do it, but I'm just saying any any team that's kind of lingering at the bottom or on the edge. Uh, you know, Steelers won a Super Bowl by get being the last team to get in. The Packers won a Super Bowl by being the last team to get in. Um, I think you just keep trying to win games now and you worry about who's going to coach the team next year whenever you get to the end of the season. And if it's not good enough, you find someone else. 
And if it's good enough and you did enough good things the last nine weeks, 10 weeks, then you draft people and help them. It's pretty chip simple, a, I think. Give a chip and a chair and a chance. Wouldn't it be uh, poetic justice after all the turmoil and all the hell that, uh, that this coaching staff is going through and experiencing that if they snuck in and, and went to the Super Bowl and won it. And then, yeah, that, w- that would be that would be great fun. I'd, I'd love to hear what Zimmer has to say while he's si- sitting at his ranch in Kentucky and sipping some red wine. But anyway. Yeah, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that quite yet. Really? Okay. Well, we won't. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Well, that leaves us to go on to next week. Uh, you know, it doesn't get any easier going out to L.A. to play the Chargers, who came off a nice victory last week. Uh, they got some weapons out there. Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, uh, the tight end, Austin Eckler are big weapons for Justin Abair or was it Herbert? I don't know how you say his name. Bobby Abair. I could have mixed that up. There's names from the past. Um, you know they they held. Uh, they've held two. You know they've kind of kept two mobile running quarterbacks in check this season. You know Abair Herbert is. Uh, uh, not that kind of guy per se. He can get out of the pocket, but uh, I think he's more of a uh, uh, just a really smart quarterback who knows how to spread the ball around and run an offense. So uh, how do you see the Vikings defense stacking up against him and Chargers? Yeah, it's it's certainly a different different type of challenge. I mean, now, you know, um, their corners, you know, we'll see where the, where they are at, at, the, at the corner position uh, by the end of the week. Um, they're going to yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll be uh, they'll be tested. Uh, you know, Baltimore went out there and beat them like thirty four to six. So Baltimore's kind of an up and down team. Uh, Vikings certainly can. Yeah, they have the ability to win. Like, you know, I think that they could score on them. Uh, but it's just, do they have? How many times do they have the ability to come back and and start fresh from week to week? Um, I'm just expecting. You know, at any moment to see this kind of uh, you reach a point where it's just they get destroyed because they're they're broke. But I don't think they've reached that point. I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I, I could. The, the safe route is to say they'll be good, they'll be bad, they'll be good, bad, and lose. But uh, that's kind of what it is. They uh, they have two games with the Packers yet, two games with the Bears, so I, their season is kind of still in front of them. Uh, and, and hopefully they, you know, there's no, no matter what uh, shape your season's in, you always get up for the Packers, and that's two weeks away. So you figure for it to have any meaning, you want to you want to go out there and try to win in 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 Los Angeles. And the Ch- Ch- Chargers defense gives up 25.1 points per game, so they're not the toughest scoring wise, but they're they're uh, uh, they're tough against the pass, but not so much against the run. So maybe we'll see a heavy dose of Cook again this this week and and uh if that offensive line keeps gelling for another week you know maybe maybe that'll be something to watch yeah and i i think that they need you know they can't wait for the perfect you know wide open down the field where everyone's blown their coverage to get justin jefferson the ball i think uh you know as i look at these receivers you know both of them kind of they don't fit the mold of your 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 Odell Beckham uh, Jr. type receivers, uh, you know, Thielen, soft-spoken, uh, isn't going to say anything, isn't going to lash out. Uh, Jefferson's not that way. K.J. Osborne, obviously, not that way. Uh, be interested to see what was going, what would be going on right now if you had a receiver that, you know, was a little more like an NFL receiver. 
I'm not saying that the Vikings would want that or that I would want that on my team, but uh, they've got to get, it's not the Justin ratio or whatever, but it, you know, let's get this guy going. Let's get, uh, you get him going and then, then Thielen comes along and, you know, it's just, they've got, Kirk has got push the envelope a little bit. It's not in the NFL. It's not going to be perfect. It isn't always going to be blown coverages or they're not always going to be the perfect coverage that matches the perfect situation. I mean, you look at these games like Roethlisberger last night, some of those throws he's throwing it you know, like as the, as a defender's turning, the ball is going under the guy's chin and stuff. You got to like play a little more like you are a guy with an elite arm, which is what he's got. Yeah. Well, on that note, it's time to take another break and have some more vodka, or if you want Mankato beer, that's a good choice too. So we oh. will, uh, <laughs> we will uh, yeah, start, paying, yeah, start paying for those. You should. We'll take a break and be right back with Vikings Territory Breakdown. And we're back onto our NFL segment uh, for Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig and myself. Got to talk about the Packers first. They lost. We haven't been able to talk about that for a long time. And their quarterback is a putz. But uh, that, oh, God, I, I wrote in here on my script, don't say that out loud. I said, did I say that out loud? I think I did. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that situation? And, and can, is that, is that going to linger a little bit for them? Is that going to, you know, he, Aaron's back on Saturday, potentially that's the earliest he can be, and then play on Sunday against Seattle, and then it, he tees it up the next weekends against the Vikings. Will there be a hangover for them? I, I think that Aaron's going to be pretty ticked off when he gets back and want to go nuts. So hopefully – uh, I don't know what I'm hoping for there, but uh, I, I do like the turmoil over uh, to the state next to us. And uh, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, my thoughts are, you know, yeah, it, it's a it's a personal choice for like almost all of us. Uh, but if I'm an NFL quarterback and I'm making uh, millions of, you know, making that kind of money, forty million dollars or whatever a year, and I got an entire roster that I depending on me tire franchise that's depending on me tire like all the fans all the people that you know put all this money in my pocket and make me the superstar that I am I'm gonna get the shot and I'm not gonna put myself in, or my team in this situation but that's obviously not what Aaron Rodgers or Harrison Smith or Kirk Cousins it's not how they feel so when this happens you got you better be prepared to take the backlash and and Aaron Rodgers got the double whammy of not only did he, you know, get blasted for not being vaccinated, but he also for lying about. It. And and now he's doubling down and saying he didn't lie, and that if he was asked a follow up question back in August, he would have explained what what it is that he got uh, immunized. Well, you, all it takes is people to go back and look at that interview, and he was asked a follow up question, and he just kept explaining things as if he. Had, had been vaccinated. So in his mind, he was immunized, uh, but, you know, <laughs> not to what the NFL, you know, the rules of what the NFL, everybody else was playing by. So it'd be real interesting to see what comes out of this uh, as the NFL looks into it more. Um, but yeah, if, if he comes back, uh, you know, I, I think Aaron Rodgers can show up on Sunday and play, but I think having not been, I don't believe he can practice until he's right. away until Saturday. Um, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of an impact on, uh, but 
he's played with these guys for so long that I, I think he can figure it out enough to play. But, you know, Russell Wilson comes back for that game. He, his face right. cleared to play in that game. Um, now it helps that the, that defense, the Seattle defense is not very good. So I could see Aaron coming back and playing. Yeah. And as far as he's going to be upset and everything, well, yeah, he was upset when he came in. They had that one bad game against the Saints, and then they you know, won seven in a row. They would have won eight in a row if he if he'd have been on the field in Kansas City because Kansas City is just not a good team right now defensively, or and they're turning the ball over too much. So they would they would be eight and one. So yeah, if you're a Vikings fan, you're you're hoping that he that this thing blows up because uh, it's the only way the Vikings can catch you know or get back in the within striking distance is to have him keep missing games. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it this way. I, I think uh, everybody deserves to make their own personal choice in their life to do whatever they want. But when you're in a position of uh, uh, if, if you call yourself a Patriot or a Christian, or you're in a position of leading other people, like you said, you, you sacrifice maybe yourself for others. That's what it comes down to. But you know, that's either here or there. People can, can take that as they do. Um, uh, the Bills beat the Jag, got beat by the Jags. What the hell, Mark? Hmm. What the heck was that? I took what's one of my survivor pool picks, and then the, the Cowboys. They always manage to take one of my picks out every year. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think the Bills were dad were down two offensive linemen and a tight end, and I thought, well, you know, they think, geez, they can beat the uh, the Jaguars that way. But it sort of reminded me of uh, the score wasn't that way, but. When the Bills came in, when Allen was a rookie, and uh, the Vikings were favored by 17 or whatever it was, some crazy number, and the Bills beat the Vikings. Well, the the Bills went in, and the Jaguars were like 15 and a half underdogs, and turned the tables on them. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I, the AFC every like two weeks ago, the AFC, the best team in the AFC was the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> then they get they get. Uh, uh, they get beat uh, by someone, and then the Browns blow them out. Uh, Tennessee right now is the best team in the AFC, and they don't even have their best player. Yeah, they got Derrick Henry. Uh, they got Adrian Peterson, and as Chris Collinsworth noted, running straight up and down like a, he's never run before. I uh, obviously hadn't practiced, hadn't played since last year, but uh, it wasn't the same Adrian. Uh, he looks maybe like he touched. Too. He looks like he well, looks, he's got. He looks, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's the number eight. I don't know, or the black socks or whatever. Uh, but he, yeah, he was running straight up and down. So got, I still think Adrian's got the juice in him enough to give them what they want with those other running backs and and that defense. Wow, did they play well in, in Los Angeles and take down a really good Rams team? So right now, I mean, each week with the AFC, it's just, and the AFC has four teams that are five and four that are outside the playoff picture right now. So uh, much different story in the AFC if you're hanging around 500 than it is if you're in the NFC. You know, yeah, that was really interesting to me to see the Rams get handled that bad way. I know Matt Stafford looked like the Matt Stafford of Detroit Lions. I mean, he made two big mistakes there in the, in the early going that put the Rams in a hole against the Titans and and that game was over. I mean, it was basically over because they got a good enough defense in Tennessee that, uh, they could uh, they could do what Mike Zimmer wants. They could do the ball control and and uh, the ground and pound and and uh, uh, Tannehill's a decent quarterback. So yeah, it's surprising. All of a sudden, you got to look at the Titans as as one of the top teams, and the Bills just fell off this you know, side of the cliff. You know, they they got the Jets this week. The Bills do, so it will be 
I, I'm thinking there's going to be a beat down by the Bills. They're going to be pretty mad after what they, they did last week against uh, the Jags to see that game. Um, as is our per, our uh, our per usual tradition here, we got to ask you about the Cleveland Browns because they are as newsmakers as much as the Vikings are from week to week. And they killed Cincy without your buddy OBJ. Mark, I'm teeing this one up for you. Let us. What do you think of that? The, the Browns getting rid of uh, Beckham. Yeah, uh, you know uh, Odell. Uh, the Browns with Odell, 14 and 16. Without Odell, they were eight and five and won their. Uh, their only playoff game in the last since 1994. So uh, I don't know. I mean, he's a guy that I guess if you have Tom Brady uh, and you're set up to win the Super Bowl, you go get him. Yeah, how sort have of they not that. How they've not signed him already? Yeah. Or if you are, you're Aaron Rodgers, and uh, although I don't, maybe I can't see him liking Green Bay. If you have the absolute perfect situation and you bring it, you can already you're if you're already capable of winning the Super Bowl, and you have a dominating personality at quarterback, and you have you know everything that's perfect for him to get to be happy all the time, then you sign him. Otherwise, he's not worth it. I heard someone in the press box say, "Oh yeah, well, the Browns were all in, and uh, but you know what they how do they if they're all in how do they let their best player go? He is he might be their most one of their most talented players. I don't think he's the most talented player, but, but I think Miles Garrett is your most ta- physically talented player. But he's not your best player. You're, you know, he's just. And granted, I, there's, there's, the Vikings game is a good example where there were some throws that the Baker, Baker Mayfield was horrible in that game, and Odell would have had a bigger game if, if 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 Baker Mayfield could have thrown the ball that day. So yeah, uh, but just to have that personality in your locker room and just have that. You know, taking just taking all your energy, it's not worth it. And I, I'm glad Cleveland got rid of him. I'm glad that Cleveland went on last year after he got hurt. They they won. I think they were like six and two or whatever it was. They won a playoff game. I thought that that would be enough to convince him that hey, we can win without you and kind of I don't want to say put him in his place, but right, just right. put put him in a in a team more of a team mentality. He's got as a friend at the other receiver, Jarvis Landry. You know, just just, not just, be, just be a team guy once in your life, and he couldn't do it. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that they just said, you know what, we're, we're done with it, and good riddance. You probably, you probably need a guy like uh, Brady, who's who's got all the rings, and uh, Rogers, who's got all the MVPs, that will garner or you know uh, earn some respect from uh, Beckham that. You know he will shut up and play, and Baker Mayfield hasn't done it yet. And Stefanski's a new coach, and and yeah, he he's just got the personality that uh, diva, certainly a diva, and that needs attention all the time and needs the ball and blah blah blah. I thought it was amazing when Cleveland first got him, and I guess I foresaw this coming at some point at some time. And well, I just hope the Vikings don't think that they they need to pick him up, and but uh, they don't have any oh, time. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Well, the bottom line here is from this week is uh, the season's not over, but maybe you can see it from here. Is is that what we're thinking? Uh, uh, the Vikings got you know got to play next week against uh, the Chargers, so hopefully they will uh, at least give us another entertaining game. You you know you made the point it was it was entertaining, and that's that's what keeps me coming back, and so I'll keep watching them. But uh, um, we'll be back here next week to talk about it, win, lose, or draw. 
and uh, um, maybe we'll uh, have some more vodka. No, I, I have no idea what we'll do, but you know, uh, we'll look forward to that and hope you guys can return and, and, and check out the Vikings territory breakdown, Mark Craig and myself. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks to the sponsors. And as we always say for Joe Johnson, our good buddy in heaven, skull. <laughs>